Welcome to the Inside Scoop Live podcast, where indie authors get personal about their books, their writing, and their passions. I'm your host, Sherry Hoyt. Join me for some lively conversations with debut indie authors and seasoned veterans alike. It's a great place to find your next amazing read or even get inspired. So sit back and enjoy the show and let me know what you think. Hi, everyone. Joining me today is Nancy Major, author of A Wretch Like Me, a modern-day Mary Magdalene saved by grace. And we'll hear more about this debut memoir in just a moment, but first, let's get the inside scoop on the author. Nancy Major is an award-winning nonprofit and business executive with more than 30 years of professional experience. She's also a professional speaker and certified Christian trauma coach. Her primary area of focus is helping women overcome sexual shame and trauma. Her memoir offers a glimpse into her lived experience as a former prostitute outed by a client bent on revenge. Her courageous story tackles themes of childhood sexual abuse, shame, public humiliation, redemption, and the immeasurable gift of grace. You can learn more about Nancy and her work at nancymajor.net. Well, hi, Nancy. Welcome to Inside Scoop Live. Hi, thanks so much for having me. It is really an honor to be your guest today. Yeah, I'm so glad you're here. Uh, Tell us a little bit about your book, A Wretch Like Me, A Modern Day Mary Magdalene Saved by Grace. Well, I, in all honesty, I will tell you a little bit about the book. I felt um, an undeniable prompting from God to share my testimony, my story, and that this was just kind of a time in life to be very bold and the time for truth telling was now um his Mm -hmm. urgency was really unmistakable and i understood that i needed to share my story to help other people who might be stuck in silent prisons of their own shame their own guilt their own untold secrets Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so you were inspired to help others by sharing your story Yes, it was definitely, I felt that that was the purpose, was that there was purpose from my pain, from my shame, from the things I had struggled with, that God wanted to use my story as a vehicle to help hopefully heal other people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm curious about the subtitle of your book. I I love it. Uh, It's an attention grabber for sure. How does your personal story relate to Mary Magdalene, and what are the similarities of your shared experiences? That's a really great question, and I do get asked that quite a bit. I chose the subtitle with a lot of thought and great care. I wanted to be really bold and upfront about my personal truth, my own story, Mm -hmm. but from a faith perspective, and I felt a really deep connection to her story. Because as I understood it from earlier teachings in my life, Mary Magdalene was caught in the act of adultery in the Bible. And as a result, she was publicly humiliated by the religious leaders of that time. Mm -hmm. And they considered her sin to be punishable by death. She was, as I understood it, considered to be a prostitute. And according to the laws of that time, she would have been stoned to death. And the religious leaders brought her in front of Jesus and tried to trick him into saying something uh, different than what their laws were. And they told him what she had done and asked what he would do. And, you know, I, I don't have the scripture right in front of me, but the essence of it was that Jesus said, let 
those of you who have been without sin cast the first stone. And they all left and didn't condemn her to death by stoning. And she was just left with Jesus. And in my story, it relates to that a lot. I had been a former prostitute at a period of time in my life. And I carried just such significant shame and guilt and condemnation internally because of that experience. I had been publicly humiliated by one of my former clients mm. and was outed to my entire community and the surrounding 13 county area of where oh, I wow. live, which was really devastating. And at the time when that all happened, I guess I felt that I deserved to die. And I could relate to that story about Mary Magdalene. I personally felt that that's what that was saying to me as I would never recover. I could never regain any kind of right standing. I could never be made right. And I had a personal encounter with God that just changed everything for me. And I write about that in my story. And that's how that subtitle kind of came to be and how I connect with Mary Magdalene. Wow. What a great backstory yeah I mean it's perfect too because everyone's heard of Mary Magdalene I, I would say you know <laughs> right um, it seems yeah 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 your book it's deeply personable personal but it's relatable too the way you write it there's no doubt you'll have a strong connection and incredible impact with your readers I'm curious to know if you learned anything about yourself during the writing process that's really interesting. And thank you so much for your generous and kind feedback. That means a lot to me. One of the things that I guess I learned during the process of writing the story was really that I, I have more courage than I kind of ever thought that I, I had, mm. um, that I ever imagined. And I really recognized my resilience in time and time again, uh, as I was kind of reliving some of these difficult memories, it really was uh, something that I came back to quite a bit is, wow, I really have been an overcomer for a long time. I, I have survived a lot of things. And I would say I've even graduated from survivor to thriver. Mm. And one of the central things that I come back to is gratitude. I am still and always probably will be. I, I just don't know that I could ever get over what I feel that God's grace really did for me and how it changed my life. I found the strength to keep going, find the strength to face my greatest fears, which was writing this book, um, <laughs> and to go out and actually publicly own my story, you know, to really say, yeah, this is my truth. This is something that a mistake I made in my life. And this is how I was able to overcome it. Yeah. I mean, wow. You know, that had to have taken so much courage and I, I just can't even imagine I keep going back to wow. <laughs> it was very hard, Jerry. It was oh, very, my very goodness. hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's interesting what you learned about yourself, too, during the writing process. There are so many great memoirs, and, and yours is a memoir, kind of a memoir and a self-help book, because I feel like your, your story is going to inspire others for sure, like I said earlier. How did you navigate writing some of the difficult and traumatic events, you know, and because I know there are other authors out there struggling to tell their own stories. I wonder what you kind of advice you could offer to, to those people. Sure. 
So as I said, this was truly one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was something that I never thought that I would ever be asked to do by God. I truly Mm kind of had a deal with him and thought that this secret would remain (laughs) buried for life and that he was okay with that. And, uh, you know, yep, he forgave me and that was all good. And, but I had not ever, uh, healed. And it was like, it was like I had tried to put a Band-Aid over something that required major surgery. And the writing of the book was really a way for, for me to actually experience the fullness of healing as I was writing it. You know, of course, it was unearthing all of these tremendous heavy emotions and a lot of pain and painful events. But I have to tell you, I honestly felt the most... Uh, the most supernatural presence of God in my life in a way that I just never could have imagined. It was really healing and cathartic. And as I continued to go on this journey, I have to say that I really found that the process of owning my voice by giving voice to the things that live in the dark Because one of the biggest things that I've learned in this process is that shame derives its power from being in the dark. Mm -hmm. And so bringing it out into the light is the only way that it can heal. And that's honestly what I felt God was telling me is bring it out into the light and let it heal and let it be healing to others. So when I think about other writers who may have stories that are painful, the one great thing that comes from a process like this is that your pain has purpose. God doesn't waste a single thing of our life. And if we can't write it like for ourselves, because, oh, this is something I really need to do for myself, if that seems too selfish, then write for someone else, write for the person that you know has got to be out there in the world, hurting and struggling, full of pain, full of hopelessness, because your story matters. And if someone can find hope and healing that you survived it, you overcame it, somehow there was a process of recovery for you, then they know it's possible for them too. Mm -hmm. I love how you've kind of turned that around because I've heard often that, you know, journaling will help, will make you feel better. and, and, And a lot of people get that lift from journaling and and writing about their experiences and getting it on paper is healing. But you've addressed, you've addressed those people that have issues writing for themselves, like journaling is a personal thing and, and kind of give them permission to, you know, write for other people. I love looking at it from that perspective. That's a different perspective than I've heard. Thank you. Now, I want to ask you some more about your book. But first of all, I just got to tell you that your book video, wow, it just gave me chills. It was so well done. And I really enjoyed it. Um, And I think just watching the video will make people want to buy the book. (laughs) (laughs) Tell us about some of the feedback you've received so far from readers. And how has it impacted you? So the trailer was such an interesting process. Um, My husband and I created it together. We had no prior experience whatsoever. But my book, the topic of my book, and certainly some of the depth of where I was at at that time in my life, it didn't seem like a trailer with just a blah, 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 kind of me talking into a camera. 
just didn't feel like that would be enough. <laughs> right. I really, I wanted people to be able to actually um, visualize and understand what it was that I was sharing and the content without giving everything away, but just <laughs> the basic, right? And the feedback has just been outstanding. I mean, people, so many people have said that they believe that it's going to become a movie. It looks like a movie. It reads like a movie, like a Hollywood script. Like it's something like you'd see in some kind of, I don't know, bizarre kind of a based on true story because real life is stranger than fiction. Yeah, that's (laughs) That's the truth. (laughs) Yeah, and I think the trailer just is kind of indicative of that. But it seems to really be resonating with a lot of people. And the really interesting thing, and I wanted to share this with you, is that there are a lot of parents out there of adult children and adult young adults that may be playing around in this area Mm. um, with kind of internet things that are available today, things that weren't necessarily out there when, when this was going on in my life, but that this book could also be a cautionary tale, a way to help them maybe even reach their adult children who are struggling in some ways with this kind of subject matter. So it's been really resonating with a lot of people just from the trailer. And certainly that has, I agree with you. I think if people see the trailer, it makes them want to read the book. Yeah, it is amazing. I can't believe you and your husband did it by yourself with no experience. (laughs) That is amazing. (laughs) Really, really something about that. (laughs) Yeah. How fun. Yeah. 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 It was definitely rewarding. Yeah. One of the key themes in your book is the transformative power of grace. How did you come to understand and embrace this concept in your own life? And what advice would you offer to readers who might be seeking to cultivate a deeper relationship with God? Sure. Well, in my book, I do talk a lot about my faith because in the beginning, and it sort of reads that way, um, I wasn't a faith-based person. I didn't have any sort of connection to a greater or higher power in my life or a creator, whatever Mm -hmm works for certain people, but I wasn't tethered to anything. And I think that was what made what happened to me so incredibly damaging and dangerous and so dark. I didn't have any sense and why I felt so suicidal and thought that that was, you know, ending my life was the only answer. Mm. It was because I didn't believe there was anything that could ever forgive me. I didn't feel forgivable. I felt that my sin was just too great and that I truly didn't deserve to live. So I share in the book about a personal encounter I had with Jesus, uh, real personal, and it seemed crazy. I thought I was hallucinating, Mm. and I'm sure some people might think I was, but it was tangible and real, and it was so miraculous and so undeniable that it changed everything. And I knew you know, it's one of those things, you can't unknow something once you know it. And it it was just that real, that for someone who didn't believe at all, who had no sense of that, to have this supernatural kind of experience, there was no going back for me, I knew he had rescued me, I knew he had saved me. And that was just huge. But I will say a but it didn't happen all at once. It was a process, my faith process has not been an easy one and it's it doesn't just happen instantly you snap your fingers and all of a sudden you're into 
grand maturity and you understand all the principles and everything that God is and everything he wants us to know, it's a process. It is truly like being born again. And I really didn't understand that when I was going through it, but it's truly like the whole process of being a little baby where you have to learn to sit up and crawl and stand. And when you first start walking, you fall down a lot. Um, I kind of liken it to being a drunken toddler sometimes, um, (laughs) you know, and you fall down a lot, but you're also lovingly picked up time and time again until you learn to walk in faith with confidence. And that takes time. It's a process. And for anyone seeking a deeper relationship with God, it really is as simple as asking him to show you how to seek him. It's that beautiful. It's something that I had to do over and over again because he knows what we're ready to know Mm. at whatever pace or time is right for us. If he downloaded everything to me back in 2006 as to where we are right now, I wouldn't have been able to handle it. I don't know that I would have grown. There's just no way that you're born a baby and all of a sudden you're just a mature 56-year-old person. You know, it just doesn't happen. It's a process. And I don't think it's anything fancy. I think if all you know how to say is, God help me, then that's all you say. And he'll work with that. Mm, That's where you start. Yeah. That's where you start. I mean, it's just, it's like any other relationship. I mean... It's that simple, I guess. Yes. You have to work at it and you have to nurture it. And and it's a daily thing. It's not a one time and done kind of thing. Right. Not at all. And he loves us so much. It's just that's part of it is he knows everything about where we're at, about what we've done, about wherever we might be. And he loves us anyway. And I think that is just the most beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you said if he'd have bombarded you back in 2006 with the whole deal, I mean, it might have been a different outcome. You might have walked away because it was too much to handle, you know? Right, right. It would more cause me to run away. Right. You know, it just wasn't ready. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Now, I love that you show in your book that, you know, obviously miracles still happen today. Um, what role do you think faith and hope play in experiencing these moments of grace? And how can readers cultivate these these experiences in their own lives? Or do they cultivate them? Does, do they just happen? Well, I really think a lot of it has to do with opening up our heart and our minds to the possibility and to be looking, you know, looking for them to silence or to quiet all the noise and all the distraction and just to look, just to feel. I believe that if we're still breathing, there are miracles to be witnessed. They are happening constantly. And we oftentimes just get so, I think, busy and distracted. And there's just so much noise in the world. So that's a big part is really to just keep your eyes and ears open and to soften your heart, um, to not get so hard hearted, because I think the world pushes us to be, you know, living our best life and do this and do that and talk to these people and go here. And we're just so full of busy moments. Mm -hmm. And I think the still quiet voice of God in all of the different areas where there's, man, there are times I can tell you honestly, Sherry, like where I believe there was definite miracles in me being forced to be late for something. 
mm. that there was an accident that happened right up ahead. And had hype been on time, I would have been in a head-on collision. And to me, that's a miracle. And if I didn't know God and I didn't have my heart in a position, maybe I would still be miffed that I was late instead of really recognizing, <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm still alive because I missed that accident. Yeah. Or, or just chalk you know, it up to fate, yeah. you know, oh, well, lucky for me, you know, but <laughs> right, it's a little deeper right. than luck. Yeah, exactly. And so one of the things that really helped me when I was first learning how to quiet the noise was just finding a simple single scripture from the Bible, just one that I could repeat over and over in my mind. I could just sometimes say it out loud in my car and I would just say it again and again, kind of a chant, I guess, in a way, mm -hmm. um, just some loving kind scripture verse from the Bible that every time things would get difficult or I would be stressed or feeling like bombarded with so much negative messaging and negative voices in my mind, I would just close my eyes and focus on my breathing and just keep repeating that scripture over and over again. And I, I can honestly tell you, it is just so amazing to me how his presence became more and more real mm -hmm. and manifested in every aspect of my life. And to learn what he says about us, right, versus the identities that we take on sometimes. And we can build a life based on a false sense. When you do that, then you are very vulnerable to the instant anyone criticizes that false identity, right? Or if you lose your job, mm -hmm. let's say your whole identity is wrapped up in what you do and you get laid off. Now what? Now who are you? If that's all that you're worth is your title, you understand what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. I used to be like that where I was my title. That was who I was. And so learning what God says about us and understanding our identity is more than that. It has more strength, more uh, continuity. It's consistent. His love for us is consistent and it lasts no matter what the circumstances might be in our life. Mm -hmm. So I guess those are the things that have really helped me to cultivate more awareness of his presence in every aspect of my life, but also to be in doing that, that has opened up the door for me to see just a bazillion miracles. And I've experienced so many of them. And some are so incredible. I write about a lot of them in my book, because they just blow your mind. Yeah, yeah. I love what you said about identity, because you know, there's so many times people have asked you throughout your life, I'm sure. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, and you immediately go to your job, you know, right? Well, that's what you do. But who are you, you know? <laughs> Right. So, yeah. And the reciting yeah. the whether it's internal or if you say it out loud, it reminds me of, well, it's positive self-talk in a way, because very much so we can be our own worst enemy. We are our own worst enemies. Yes. And so that one line of scripture or that one positive affirmation can just settle you down and, and open you up to a whole new world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You have been through so much and we didn't go into it in a lot of detail because listeners, you just need to go buy this book. Um, <laughs> but from where you are now and knowing what you know now, what would you tell your former self if you could go back in time and talk to her? What would you say to her? 
Oh, man. There's so many things I would say to her, but the number one thing I would say is stop listening to the hateful voice in your head, this inner critic, the the just mean, hateful, vile things that the I feel the enemy just constantly wanted me to believe and that I know now that he was constantly trying to distract me from God's voice and what God says about me and what God wants for me, that he has good plans for me that he's for me, that he fights for me, that he will never forsake me or abandon me, not ever. And I would tell my younger self, run, run towards him with Mm. everything that you've got. Don't just waste so much time listening to all these lies. Yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, it's kind of chilling thinking about talking to your former self, but there's so much that I feel like we could all say to our, our inner child, yeah. Yeah. So now how long has your book been out? It has been out since March 4th. Okay. So just a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And I've, I've read a lot of great reviews and you've, you've already mentioned some positive feedback. And so, well, I hate to ask this early in the game, but what's next for you? Will, will there be another book in your future? Well, that's an interesting question. I have been so privileged based on the writing of the book and some wonderful programs that I've gone through. I am just honored to be a certified Christian trauma coach. And God has really led me to working with people to overcome any of their sexual shame, trauma, or abuse. I have different certifications in that and Mm. have over 30 years of experience working in the nonprofit space as an executive. So I have worked in this space for a really long time, but today I really am grateful and blessed to be able to coach others who struggle in similar ways with trauma and abuse and how that hinders our life and how it manifests in so many other symptomology you know, addictions and drugs and bad relationships and domestic violence and picking wrong mates. And it can really stunt us in our careers and, Mm. you know, hinder us from being the achievers that we're really meant to be. So I do that uh, now. And I also am a professional speaker. Mm. And so I have five upcoming speaking engagements. And I am asked to be a guest on many podcasts. So I'm doing quite a few of those. And looking forward to that. I do think that there might be another book somewhere down the road, but I'm not positive. So that's kind of it's just so new that I'm not sure like I can instantly say, yeah, you know, there's for sure. Right. (laughs) Not not sure what genre it might even be. But you know, hopefully somewhere down the road, if I'm led to that, I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, yeah. So you work with people, your coach, do you have information available on your website about people wanting to work with you? Yes, I do. And if anyone is interested, I know this is a a very deep kind of work. I do have some free ebooks available also on my website. And where people can look me up and connect with me is at nancymajor.net. That's my website. You can also send me an email, uh, chat at nancymajor.net. I'm happy to do a complimentary coaching session just to see if it's the right fit. I also am willing to be a guest at anyone's book club. Mm. Virtually, I have a book club guide in the back of my book for anyone who is interested in book clubs. If you're looking for a facilitator's guide, that was all prepared and put right in my book, but it's also a downloadable ebook through my website as well. 
Oh, wonderful. Wow, you have a lot of resources for folks to grab today. Yeah, that's nice. Definitely anybody who might be interested. Yeah. Well, Nancy, did you have anything else you wanted to add today? No, I think we covered it, Sherry. Thank you so much for giving me an opportunity to tell you a little bit more about myself and my book. And thank you so much for helping me get the word out about it. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure learning more about you and your work. And I look forward to following you and seeing where all this takes you with your book. And that is A Wretch Like Me by Nancy Major. Thank you again, Sherry, for allowing me to be a guest on your show. Thank you for joining me today for my interview with Nancy Major, author of A Wretch Like Me. You can learn more about Nancy and her work at nancymajor.net. And be sure to check out our other interviews on InsideScoopLive.com.